I'm going to try not to mess up all of Brian's psalm sheets here. He left me with a lot. I'm not sure if he thought I was going to sing to you this morning or what. But I promise I'm not going to sing to you. But good morning. You're welcome. We are going to get started this morning, and we're going to be in Psalm 88 today. So if you want to open up your Bibles today to Psalm 88, if you do not have a Bible with you, feel free to grab the pews in front of you, and you'll have plenty of time to get, get open to Psalms. We're in our new study for the summer called Songs of Summer, a study in the Psalms. You see, every day we have emotions, and every day these emotions have a way of taking control of our lives. We ourselves are a roller coaster of emotions. And I can imagine this very week, you have felt many different emotions yourself. Maybe it was depression, maybe sadness, maybe it was anger or frustration. Maybe you're driving down the highway and somebody cut you off and you got angry, you got frustrated. Maybe, maybe you have issues going on in your family right now, your immediate family or your extended family. Maybe you're fighting with a brother or a sister or a friend. Maybe you're dealing with health issues. We have many different emotions in life, and some of those emotions are joy and happiness. There's many emotions. You know, I remember when I was a kid, let's see if this works. I remember seeing this chart shown to me in elementary school, and maybe some of you remember it today as well. How are you feeling today? As you look at these different faces to try and see what is your emotion that is showing to people. And you can see the exhausted face, the confused face, the ecstatic face, the guilty face, the suspicious face. How are you feeling today? Sad? Exhausted? Confused? Happy? Joyful? I see some smiles out there. But sometimes our smiles hide what's really going on in our life. Now maybe you also remember the other chart next to that. The pain chart that you often see in the hospital or at a doctor's office as a doctor says says, if I was to ask you to point out one of these faces that helps you to describe how you're feeling today, which one would it be? Number zero, no pain. and a, uh, I don't know how a green face indicates no pain. To me, it indicates that you're kind of sick. But you've got the, the happy face all the way over to the number 10, which is a red face with tears falling down from his face, and a big frown. He is not happy at all. You see, there's many different emotions, and we need to learn how to deal with these emotions. Through this Summer in the Psalms series that we're doing, Songs of the Summer, we hope to look to God's Word to see how do we deal with our emotions in a biblical way, in a righteous way. We see that God understands our emotions, and God cares about us and all of our emotions. We have many coping mechanisms in life. We have the radio, a song, a book, a pint of triple chocolate fudge chip, caramel brownie, peanut butter ice cream. Some of you might cope with your emotions, your sadness, your anger, your frustration with that. Some of you might go to Dairy Queen and just get all those blended together into one. And that's good too. But this summer, I want us to look to God's Word. I want us to look to the Psalms to see some biblical illustrations and examples for how biblical people have dealt with their emotions. And today we're going to be looking at sadness. And as we look at sadness, I want us to see that we need to be praying in spite of our sadness and desperation. The big idea for today's message is this. There is nothing wrong with experiencing sadness. We're all going to, expect to experience sadness. But God wants us to talk to him when we are sad. 
There's nothing wrong with experiencing sadness, but God wants us to talk to him when we are sad. We have many different coping mechanisms, but we need to change some of these coping mechanisms or we need to change our routine to make sure we first go to God. We talk with God. We must be focused on God first. You see, ice cream is good, but God is best. Can I get an amen there? Ice cream is good, but God is best. Amen. We need God in our life. So what do you do when you're sad? What do you do when you're depressed? What do you do when you're angered or upset or frustrated? What do you do when you're happy and when you're joyful and when you're, you're celebrating? We need to talk with God. Throughout all of the summer, that's what we need to do. We need to be talking with God. Now, I'm happy to see all of you. I hope have your Bibles open to Psalm 88 because I won't have it on the screen today. It's just too much. But I do want to read a story to you first. And then we'll read the scripture for today. So Psalm, Psalm 88, before we read that, here's a story. You see, people have some very unique ways with how they deal with their emotions. So here's the story of a lady. There was a lady whose husband died. And she found herself extremely depressed, sad, lonely. So she told herself that she needed to do something positive to overcome her depression. So, what do you think she did? She took a trip to the local pet store. To look for something to comfort her in her loneliness. Now, one might think that she went there to get a kitten or a puppy. I mean, those things comfort you, right? You don't need a fish. I don't know why anybody would want a kitten. <laughs> but that's not what she did, you see. She went in. She told the owner her problems, and the owner wanted to help her. So the owner recommended that she gets a bird, a parakeet specifically. So she, she started talking to this bird because the owner said, a parakeet, a bird will be great for you because it can talk with you. You're lonely. What better than to help you with the loneliness than to get something that can talk back, not just scratch you for all your cat people and bite you. So she started talking to this bird, but the parakeet wouldn't talk back. The woman talked and talked and talked. This went on for a week and naturally she was a little confused at what was going on. So this little old lady, she went back to the pet store, and she told the owner, this parakeet just is not talking to me, she exclaimed. The owner said, oh, you forgot to get the mirror. You see, the parakeet needs to see itself in the mirror, then it will be encouraged to talk. So she bought a mirror. She took it back and placed it in the cage. She made sure that the parakeet could see itself, and for another week, she talked to the parakeet. She talked, and she talked, and she talked, and... It just would not talk back. So the lady went back yet again to the pet store. The parakeet still was not talking, she exclaimed. The owner this time said, Oh, you got the mirror, but you didn't get the swing. The parakeet's got to be able to swing on the swing to be happy while looking at itself to be able to talk. So, of course, this lady, she trusted the, the owner of the pet store, and she bought the swing. She put the swing in the parakeet's cage, and it started to swing and swing and swing and looking in the mirror. But another week went by and she made her way back to the pet store because, as she said, the dumb parakeet is not working. It's not doing what I had hoped it would do. It's not doing what you told me it would do. It's still not talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry, the store owner said. There's one more thing you forgot to get. You know, it's a little coincidental that he didn't just tell her to buy all this stuff at once. But she keeps getting sold on more items. The parakeet needs a ladder. The parakeet must have the ladder to walk up 
and down and up and down. And maybe right now you can picture a parakeet in a cage, a, a bird, a parrot, and they walk up and down this little ladder as they swing on the swing. You need to make sure it has all it needs to be happy. That movement, that happiness will get it to talk. Frustrated, she bought the ladder. Another week went by and the parakeet didn't say a word. However, at the end of the week, what do you think happened? It fell to the bottom of the cage, dead. The lady now marched back to the pet store, mad. She was really mad. She told the owner all that she had done and all she had purchased, and the bird had still died. She's pleading with the owner, what did I do wrong? What's going on? Probably even wanting a bit of her money back. And the owner says to her, well, did the parakeet say anything at all? I mean, even before it flopped over dead, did it say anything? Yes, exclaimed the, one, the lady. While it was falling over dead, it looked up with me, with, at me with one eye open and said, didn't they tell you to buy any parakeet food at the pet store? <laughs> For four weeks, the bird had not ate. The lady kept buying all the wrong stuff. And that's what a lot of us do in our times of sadness, our times of depression, our times of desperation, our times of need today is we look to the wrong stuff. We buy into the wrong stuff. We need to go to God. God is the one person, the one thing, the one almighty, powerful being of all creation who can truly give us what we need. In Psalm 34, 17 to 18, we read, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And 1 Peter 5, 7 instructs us to cast all your anxiety on Him, for He cares for you. He cares for you. We buy into the wrong things as we look to the things of this world, possessions, materialism, to keeping our time busy with sports and other activities. But we need to first prioritize and go to God. God cares about us. And there's nothing wrong with experiencing sadness, desperation, depression. But the wrongful thing is when we don't include God in those feelings. When we think we for some reason need to hide our feelings instead of going to our support system. For help. We must run to God. We must talk with God. He alone comforts us in our need. So let's read Psalm 88 as we go into the message today. Psalm 88, if you look down at the Bible in front of you, and I welcome you to look at your cell phones, your tablets if you like, but I just encourage you to stay off those games, stay off the social media, don't text each other and your family in the pews beside you asking what they want for lunch. Let's save that for later. In Psalm 88, we read this. O oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you day and night. I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my heart. Now notice very closely here, in the very beginning of this psalm, he's submitting this request to God. As he says, O oh God, and he recognizes who this God is and his glorious, wonderful power. God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your heart. Incline your ear to hear my cry. I'm sorry. Incline your ear to my cry. But it goes on. Now we hear the reason why. Why does he need God to hear him? For my soul is full of troubles. 
and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. And to the pit, he's talking about the grave, he's talking about death. But he goes on, I am a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit. In the regions, dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me. And you overwhelm me with all your waves. Now, interesting, the word that's picked there, and you think, why would he use the word waves? You see, waves, they continue to beat and beat and beat against the shoreline over and over and over again. The waves don't cease. And that's how he felt his life was, all these circumstances were hitting him. Ever since he was a youth, these circumstances, his troubles continue to hit him day and night, over and over again like waves. He feels the wrath of God or his circumstances are hitting him. So he goes on in verse 8. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. Now he believes that all his friends have left, have left him. And he thinks that all of this is the doing of God. Now some believe, and I do too, that this could have been a direct result. And maybe not necessarily a, so much a direct result of God's doing. But a direct result of his circumstances. As he's obviously been sick, ill, or dealing with physical oppression and trouble since youth, he could have some disease like leprosy, which prevents human society and friends from coming near to him. But either way, he sees that this could be the wrath of God. It could be God's control. And God ultimately is in control of all things. So God is either allowing it, or causing it, or a third stage here is we're causing it ourselves through our sinful actions and not living according to God and His ways. But moving on. Verse 9. I am shut in so I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Now this could just be drama for the sake of the song, the song. Or his eyes could literally begin fuzzy. And what most people believe this to be is his eyes are just filling with tears as he's writing this song. As he's writing this song. His eyes are filling with tears, and as they're filling, they're getting dim. He can't see. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? He's here pleading with God to save his life. Give him life so that he can praise him and glorify him in his salvation. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be living in this struggle anymore. And he knows God has the power to save him. And in that power to save him could come, a, come about great praise. But he goes on. Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness? Or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? He's, he's in a way pleading with God. Please save me so that I can glorify you in how you save me. For if I'm just buried, if I'm dead, how can, I, how can this truly praise you? But I, O oh Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your tears. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. Verse 18. You have caused my beloved and my friends to shun me. My companions have become darkness. 
darkness. You know, I heard one person who saw what I was preaching on today, Psalm 88, and they saw the title, Praying in Spite of Sadness and Desperation, and said, wow, what a psalm, what a, what a point to preach on. I mean, it's kind of sad, it's kind of depressing, it is, isn't it? I mean, wow, this is hard to read, to think about what this man must be going through. And then to look at the whole psalm, who just it, it, it begins with a desperate plea to God as he recognizes this one bit in verse 1. O oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. He's begging God to hear his word. Incline your ear to my cry. Lord, please, incline your ear. But you know, if you look at all the rest, for my soul is full of troubles. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. Like one set loose among the dead. You have put me in depths of the pit. It goes on one verse after another after another to get kind of worse and worse. He's more desperate, 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 sad. With every verse, it gets kind of darker and darker and darker. This is known as one of the most sad psalms or biblical passages in the Bible because it just continuously speaks of this man's desperation, his sadness. One commentator called this psalm a song of prayer from the depths of misery. A psalm of prayer from the depths of misery. Because, obviously, it sounds like this guy is in the depths of misery and he does not know how to save himself. So he's pleading with God. You see, there's just the beginning of this passage which speaks of hope and salvation through God. But then it gets worse and worse as he gives his desperate plea of talking about his circumstances... Now, most psalms at least get to a resolution in the end. As maybe they say, but my hope will be found in God. My strength is found in God. For God will hear my prayer. God will save me. But if you notice this psalm, it doesn't do that. In fact, it actually ends on a darker note than it, began, than it begins. As it says that you have taken from me my friend, my neighbor. Darkness will be my closest friend. Verse 18, you have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. You see, sometimes our emotions, such as sadness and depression, may feel like they are taking over your life. Just like this psalm, you feel like you don't know where to go. You feel like you're sinking. But this psalm can still show us what we need to do in these times. Even though there's just this one very basic beginning message of the, oh Lord, God of my salvation, incline my ear, incline your ear to listen to me. We can see a great message right there. You see, God is the only one that can keep you afloat. God is the only one that can keep you from sinking. God is the one that we need to be singing to. God is the one that we need to be praying to. God is the one that we need to be talking to. This psalmist does not try to hide how he feels. His pain is not only stated, it is practically illustrated and framed for us. And it's a pretty grim picture, but it does paint quite the picture for us as we read it. We should not try to hide our feelings. Hiding our feelings would be like this boat. This boat that you see before you is named No Worries. But then most of the boat is sinking. I think they have a lot of worries. But I think it's like us when we try to hide our feelings. We try and hide what we're going through. 
You see, people around you, they can, tell, they can often tell you're struggling, and they're waiting for you to cry out. Now, that's a message for both of us. Because sometimes we need to be the ones to go to you and say, I can tell you're struggling with something, and I'm here to help you. But other times, you need to step up and you need to tell people, I need help. I need prayer. But the first step is go to God. Talk with God. You see, there are people in the church who believe Christians should never be sad. There are also people who wear their emotions on their shoulder for everyone to see and are always looking for the attention and the help for other, from others. We do, need, we do need to find the balance. We need to find the balance of going to God first and finding the help ourselves compared to just always looking for help from others and never figuring out our own solutions. But we also need to make sure we do look for a solution that we don't continue to drown in our own desperate pleas without pleading out to the one who can save us. We need to make sure we're not acting like we have everything together. And this can be very tempting because we all want to appear like we have it all together. We all want to look like we know what we're doing. We all want to look like we're strong. Especially with society today, which illustrates all these heroes in movies and books. And normally the one who's sad or depressed or angered or frustrated, they're not normally the ones who are celebrated. It's the ones who have life all figured out. But I tell you, none of us truly have life all figured out. God alone knows how we should be living, and we need to plead with him. We need to look to him. Here's the next point for you. The Lord is a safe place for us to express our sadness. That's the main application point for you today. The Lord is a safe place for us to express our sadness. No no matter what we're facing, God wants us to talk to him about it. No matter how small, God cares about your minor disappointments we have. Losing a game at your favorite sport, getting a bad grade on a, on a quiz, kids. God still wants you to talk to him about how you're feeling. Adults, even the big issues of life, major problems we face, losing a job, losing a loved one, having health issues. God wants us to talk with him. Not to try and bottle it all up inside of us. Sometimes we just need to know that we're heard. And that's what the psalmist knows. Now, obviously, he's pleading for God to save him. But I think this psalmist also had a great knowledge that goes beyond us of knowing that sometimes we don't need an answer to our situation. We just need somebody to listen to us. Sometimes we just need to know that God is listening. And let me assure you, God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows exactly who you are. And God is there listening to you. A lot of times we don't find our help in life because we're not truly seeking the one who can give us that help. Other times that help doesn't come because it's not coming in the way we think it should come. We do not always need an answer to our situation at all. Sometimes we just need to know that God is listening. Now this psalmist in Psalm 88, he had a lot of problems. In fact, I listed five problems for you and I didn't put them up on the screen. I should have. But number one, his problems were spiritual. He had spiritual problems. His soul was full of sorrow and he was suffering from not just physical afflictions, but also spiritually he was hurt and he was suffering. He was begging God to lift him up, to comfort him, to encourage him, to help him and keep him from the grave. Number two, his troubles were many. His troubles were many as his life and soul were full of troubles. Number three, 
His troubles were bringing him speedily to death. He had deathly troubles, fatal troubles, as he truly believed he was on the verge of death and he had no strength any longer to continue to lift himself up. Number four, his troubles isolated him from human society. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I find a lot of strength and encouragement in people. I'm a people person, and often I'm re-energized through hanging around people. Now, sometimes we retreat, though, when we should be actually going to people to get that energy, to get that love, to, to feel encouraged. We retreat. And that's what causes our demise. That's what causes our problem. And here, this man, his troubles isolated him from human society. Think of yourself if you couldn't hang around a person, you couldn't talk to a person, you couldn't talk with your family, you couldn't talk with your friends, you couldn't even talk to strangers, you were alone in society, alone. That's how this man felt. He was isolated. Number five, his trouble was from the hand of God. His trouble was, either from, was from the hand of God. And this either directly or indirectly, as God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all present. And he felt like God had either left him, was not listening to him, was not hearing him. Or he felt like this was the very wrath of God causing his struggles, causing his problems. That's a big problem, guys. I mean, think of all the problems you deal with on a daily basis at work or in your families or at school. But can you imagine having that problem of feeling like God is against you? God doesn't care to answer your prayers or to help you. That's a big problem. This guy had a lot of troubles. And his depression, his sadness were so deeply affecting his life that I don't think he could see how maybe God already was helping to answer his prayers just by listening to him. Just by comforting him by having somebody to talk to. That's another point for you to remember. Never are you truly alone. Never are you truly alone. You always have God by your side. You always have God there to listen to you. And this brings me to another major point. The problems of this world which are causing your sadness and your cries of desperation are only temporary. Life with God will be forever. Life with God will be forever, but your problems, your afflictions, your troubles, your struggles are temporary. Temporary. As we look back to this psalm, I just have a few more points to talk to you about. Psalm 88, verse 1. Let's just read that just briefly again. Let me read through it a little bit more here. We went through it kind of fast. Oh Lord, God of my salvation. God of my salvation. I cry out to you day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to hear my cry. I think we could read this with a lot more drama. We could read it with tears in our eyes. We could read it screaming out to God. As That's probably... The emotions that this, this writer was thinking of as he was writing it. He says, for my soul is full of troubles. And my life draws near to Sheol. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the grave. Like the slain that lie in the grave. Like those whom you remember no more. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies, he lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horde of them. 
I'm shut in so I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon your Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do, you de- do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? Verse 13, but I, O Lord, cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my use up, I suffer your tears. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Darkness. Now I've been preaching here to you guys for about a a little over a year and a half now. And I don't think anybody would say that this is my normal way of preaching. I don't normally like to preach on such sad subjects. But it does need preached upon because we need to see that even in our sadness, God cares to listen to you. Even in our sadness, God cares to listen to you. He loves you and he cares about your minor problems. He cares about your big problems. And here this man, he's crying out to God because he knows that God alone can heal him. He, he doesn't know why he's in these struggles. It echoes some of the very same pleadings as Job. But he knows that God alone can help him. And he's crying out to him. Despite the, the writer's anger and frustration was number one, his life. Number two, his, his circumstances. And number three, God himself. The writer still knew to run to God. Turn to God. Talk with God. The Lord is a safe place for you. He's a safe place for us, for all of us. And we need to pray for him to help us. Job 13, 15 says, Though he slays me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. We can always talk to God. But we shouldn't always be expecting an answer. Or we shouldn't always be expecting the answer to be the answer that we're looking for. Because sometimes God has another plan for your life. And we need to know that his plan is the best plan. And we need to just seek to glorify him the best we can in our circumstances with him by our side. Where do you go when you're struggling? Where do you go when you're lost? Where do you go when you're sad, when you're depressed, when when you're angered, when you're frustrated? We need to go to God. Do you go to that pint of triple chocolate brownie peanut butter chunk ice cream? Do you go to Dairy Queen? Do you go to the bar? Do you go to alcohol, to drinking yourself into forgetfulness? Do you go to other things? Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's camping or retreating, hiking. All those things can be good, but they can also be very bad if they, if they distract you from dealing with your problems in a healthy way, which is with God. We need to plead with God. We need to pray to God despite our circumstances, despite our sadness, despite our desperation. There's a song, a great song titled, Though You Slay Me by Shane and Shane. And there's also many great hymns which speak of this as well. But I love the words of this song. It says, I come, God, I come. I return to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. You struck down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love, that I might know you in your suffering. 
Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Sing a song to the one who's all I need. My heart and flesh may fail. The earth below give way. But with my eyes, with my eyes, I'll see the Lord. Lifted high on that day. Behold the lamb that was slain. And I'll know every tear was worth it all. Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, yet I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Sing a song to the one who's all I need. Though tonight I'm crying out, let this cup pass from me now. You're still all that I need. You're enough for me. You're enough for me. Whatever you're dealing with, God is enough for you. But don't try and avoid God. Don't try and run from God. In the same token, don't avoid the very people that God places in your life to help you through these problems. It doesn't mean that we don't try and also work through our problems on our own. But we don't retreat from our problems. The Lord is a safe place and we can learn a few ways to pray to Him. And here are those closing points for you. As we turn to God, as we pray to Him... And I think you can see each one of these points from Psalm 88. Number one, we pray to him directly. Directly. We need to go to God directly. Number two, we pray to him earnestly. Earnestly. God knows you. God knows the very depths of your soul, your emotions that you're hiding within. And you need to just be earnest and honest with him. You need to pray unceasingly to him and honestly with him. Sometimes we go through dark periods in our lives where the misery feels like it's never ending. As that one commentator says, this is a prayer out of the depths of misery. And that's what you feel like sometimes. Sometimes you're desperate, you're sad, you're depressed. But you need to remember to turn to God. Pray to Him. In Psalm 88, we have one of the most sad psalms and songs in the Bible. One of those, the most desperate pleas of all of Scripture. But we still have this great hope that we see in verse 1. O oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you day and night, incline your ear to my plea. We need to plead to God, pray to God through our desperate times. Cry out to Him, pray to Him as your deliverer, pray to Him as your salvation. The God of all the miraculous wonders of the world does not leave you. He's with you right now. But we need to make sure we plead to Him. Pray to Him, trust Him. As we pray to Him, pray to Him directly. Pray to Him earnestly. Pray to Him unceasingly. And pray to Him honestly. Think about all the places you go in the world to find comfort, to find joy, to find help. We spend a lot of time on ourselves. But how, do we, how much time do we spend seeking God? We need to find comfort in His presence. Let me close in prayer as the band comes up to sing one more song. Lord, we thank you for this psalm, and it's hard to read such a psalm of lamenting, such a psalm of a desperation and sadness and frustration. But in all your word, all of your holy and powerful living word, we can find help for our lives. We can be convicted, we can be edified, we can be lifted up, we can grow, and the lost may be found. And even in this psalm, we see a great reminder that you are the God of salvation. And it's because of our salvation in Jesus Christ, dying upon that cross, and giving us life if we truly surrender our lives to Him and believe in Him as our Lord and Savior. We find help. We find help. 
in this life, Lord, or eternal life or spiritual life, we find help. But Lord, may we always remember that you are a safe place for us and we need to pray to you despite our sadness, our desperation, whatever we're going through, we need to remember that you are our number one priority. We need to run to you, not away from you. We need to not retreat to the worldly answers or solutions or resolutions for our problems, but we need to retreat into your presence first and look to your word for encouragement, for conviction, and for salvation. May we find that salvation today from our sadness as we pray to you earnestly, as we pray to you ceaselessly, as we pray to you honestly. Lord, as we pray to you, as we trust you, may our spirits be lifted up high as we remember that we're not alone. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray now. Amen.